Hello. Ow. Was that loud? Yeah, it was loud. Hello. <laughs> well, people complain that our podcast is too quiet, so. I know. Something on the recording. I haven't figured it out yet. I, I pump, I juice it up. I, I got to talk to our provider, Podbean, maybe see. Because I jack it up in, in Premiere. Because yeah. I'm looking at it. Look, looks good here. Don't know, but we'll figure it out at to some be point. fair, I technically don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe if we just put the phone volume really loud and shout. <laughs> you just fake it till you make it. Sure. And I will be faking it for quite some time to come. Well, you know, who says what making it is anyway? Right? Last week was pretty, uh, went over pretty well. We're still, we're still in the midst of obscure cartoons. Just keep putting them out there. People are watching. Uh, a lot of people, uh, when, when we put Dink, brought up Denver, the last dinosaur. I was actually thinking about pulling the Denver audio just to play that in the show so people didn't think we did forget. But <laughs> believe we, me, we, we Denver, brought it up, I believe, in the show, didn't we? I don't know if we mentioned it or not. Yeah. Talked a lot, lot, lot was, of Land Before Time, but Denver was, was definitely, it was, Denver and Dink were the two, I had to pick one dinosaur show. Right. But the Dink was way more obscure than Denver. Yeah, I just felt Denver was a little more popular. Yeah, well, clearly. Uh, so today we posted uh, Legend of Zelda. I found some, there's like a link. Every single episode was on YouTube. Huh, a link? A link. Pun not intended. Sorry. And yes, the obscure cartoons went well. And this week we are talking commercials. But first we have a little news, right? Uh, yeah, this happened, uh, let's see, September 12th of 92, this show debuted. You know this? Hmm? Is this Doogie Howser? No. It didn't air in a normal Doogie Howser time slot like you would think. This isn't so much a debut of one thing, it's the death of another. Oh, is this Saturday morning? California Dreams. California Dreams, Dreams yeah. Yeah. This the Saturday Night Live took over. I'm sorry, Saved by the Bell. Yes, yeah. so Saved by the Bell and California well, Dreams. They, they still had those new class episodes with Screech. Yeah. Well, this was... God forbid he find that. This, I figured this was a, a good thing to pick after last week's. This signified the death of the Saturday morning cartoon on NBC. Oh, it did? This was, it was uh, on the 12th of September, NBC pulled all their cartoon programming and went with their TNBC, which was their, going to be their teen block. Teen block, yeah. And, uh, well, they, they really hit gold. Brandon Tartikoff thought he, he hit gold with uh, Saved Save by, by the, the Bell. Bell so. Which was kind of the flagship there. But uh, And then they also were dealing with the Parents Television Council and all that stuff. By making these teen shows and having little sub-themes of, like, you know, don't drink, or they kind of snuck in the door for a couple of years. Why do they always got to take fucking stabs at our drinking? I don't know. I honestly wasn't drinking as a kid. It wasn't until... <laughs> right. I don't know. Until I was legally allowed to become an alcoholic. Mm. 
And I don't think I became an alcoholic until I was legally allowed to be. I don't know. Goldschlager and Rolling Rock kind of defined my senior year of high school. Ugh. Ugh, Goldschlager, yeah. Yeah, just killed. I think that's the reason I'm so fat. It killed all my good, healthy gut bacteria that was supposed to balance me out and didn't. To be fair, NBC, NBC, because I looked into it, I'm like, I'm curious. What did they replace? You're like, oh, it's this big... Camp Candy. (laughs) Well... Uh, yeah, Camp Candy was on the year before it ran 91. Yeah, right. So it, that was replaced. Yeah. Um, well, they, they were still the, ran through uh, some of the summer stuff. Uh, the spring of 92. Uh, they had, let me see, I got it right here. So they were, they were losing this battle. So eventually, spring of 92. So Space Cats ran at 8 a.m. Then Yo Yogi which was the last uh, show that would have a regular appearance of Yogi Bear on it, actually. Then at 9, they had Captain N. The Game Master. Yeah. Pro Stars at 9.30. Remember Pro Stars? Oh, yeah. I love Pro Stars. Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Mm -hmm. Wayne Gretzky. I'd watch more Pro Stars and syndication on USA Cartoon Express. A lot of these went to Cartoon Express. They were deke shows. uh, uh, Wish Kid. Do you remember that? Yeah, Macaulay Macaulay Culkin. Culkin. Yeah. Uh, Chip and Pepper, which was just a... I don't remember that It was one. based... Know, they gave a, a cartoon, like, hosting job to, like... I think it was, like, a Canadian jean company, and they would just run reruns of, like, Captain Caveman in it. <laughs> and then, yeah, then at 11 o'clock, Saved by the Bell kicked in, which would eventually, um, you know, become the flagship show for TNBC. The thing is, they were going up against... On CBS and NBC and uh, and Fox, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Muppet Babies, and Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Land of the Lost, Mother Goose and Grimm. Oh, man, I remember that. Bobby's World, Darkwing Duck, Garfield and Friends, Tom and Jerry Kids, Beetlejuice, Tasmania, Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Bill and Ted, Pirates of Dark Water, Little Shop of Horrors, Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show, Back to the Future... Oh, and then, that's right, there's a Where's Waldo show. Oh, mm-hmm. and then Hammerman and Inspector Gadget ran at noon on those channels. We talked about Hammerman yeah. last week. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see it as much as a uh, uh, them trying to move on. To a diff- they, they were trying to survive. They didn't have the best lineup compared to the other networks. So it I wasn't. Mean, I watched a lot of that lineup. That wasn't yeah. bad. I remember they also had, before that, the Super Mario Brothers show, didn't mm-hmm. they? And then Captain N took yeah. its place in the last year. Yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, you're going up against Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters. There was just two juggernauts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was a survival move. And it, it didn't last. Because then what happened was the whole, then like 96 ish, they really started cracking down on that IEEI stuff. And then, uh, yeah, then they, like, basically canned all their kid programming. They're slowly bringing it back now. They're sneaking cartoons in here and there. Oh, really? I thought uh, I thought um, cartoons were, Saturday morning cartoons were officially dead. Uh, they are. It's not regular. It's almost like they're kind of just dipping their toes in the water to see what happens. Mm. Because the networks just have, like, such a, like, a, between um, Netflix, between, uh, you know, all the streaming services and uh, what, why can't I think Plus uh, they Disney all, XD and Cartoon Network. Well, yeah, they all have their own cable, you know, right. sister cable channels that you have cartoons twenty four seven. So why do you need a special block on Saturday mornings? 
Oh, because it's special. Well, on on September twelfth, ninety two, it was no longer special. Oh, God, what happened to the good old days? Yeah, let's cheer ourselves up. I could use some candy. This is your first pick? Yeah. Here we go. Charms blow pop, take one. Action. Fruit flavored candy on the outside. Say it. on the inside. Fabulous. That's a blow pop. That's a blow pop. Fruit charm. Now flavors. Cherry. Great. Strawberry. Sour apple. Watermelon. I don't know why, when you say hot, I decide to count down. <laughs> it's like a... I knew that commercial was ending because I burned into my brain. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. That one and bubble tape, which I was going to use, but I didn't. You didn't? No, bubble tape it. was my first on the first on my list, and then uh, but I not, went with... If, can I quick sidebar? Can I quick tangenting? Sure. No gum commercials are burned more in my brain than Big Red and Juicy Fruit. Mm-hmm. Juicy fruit. It's gonna move you. Um, yeah, then, then. yeah, those and uh, Stinging Mentos, too. Amanda, oh, Amanda's yeah. mad at me that I yeah, didn't go with Mentos. Yeah. Well, we kind of talked Mentos commercials when we did music videos with Futos. Oh, true. So We'll get back to it. I, I think you can do an entire show on just Mentos commercials. Yeah, I don't know if it's an entire show. <laughs> you throw a lot of those. I, I, can, uh, I can make it work. Yeah, you throw a lot of those explanations. We could do an entire show on this. We do an entire show on this. And then when you actually stop and think, could we do an entire show on I'm this? I'm not saying it's a good show. <laughs> there's that caveat okay, there. there's the there's caveat. There's an in everything I say. <laughs> I put the ass in asterisk. You do. Uh, th- this I, the, this is a great commercial. It's the, g- the glorious pastel colors and electronic drums that they're playing on that, which are obviously just little pieces of wood cut in the shapes that sure, they're drumming sure. with the blow pops. Um, and just uh, the overalls too. Everyone's rocking the overalls. It's that real over the top '90s look, and it, the entire cast comes out of a math book. What the okay? So the blow blow pop flavors. The original was cherry. Cherry. And then there's grape. Grape. Strawberry. Was there strawberry? Oh yeah, there was yeah, strawberry. Strawberry. Yeah, because yeah, like the, the little, little yeah, there's a little girl with the big strawberry. And then they added green apple. Sour apple. Sour apple, which is the green wrapper. And then blue raspberry came. Oh yeah, that was after this. Yeah, that, and that, and that then got then its own box. And watermelon. Water, oh yeah, watermelon, watermelon was in the original yeah, box. Yeah, watermelon. There was the little Jerry Maguire looking kid had the watermelon in the commercial. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but um, uh, Blue Raspberry had its own own flavor, the, its own box. Yeah, was it's the, blue- the highest selling lollipop in history. Blue Raspberry? No, just Blow Pop. Blow Pops in general. Yeah, yeah they're I mean, monster. Blow Pop was always so Tootsie Pop was like, mm, if you had one, you'd eat it. But yeah, who- well, Tootsie Pop bought them actually in '88. So at this point, Blow Pop was a subsi- was a product of the Tootsie Company. Charms of Charms, yeah. Well, Charms was Blow Pop, yeah. Yeah. Charms also made those. I don't even know if they, they probably do still sell them. Those caramel apple pops. Remember them? They took like mm. the sour apple blow pop flavor. Mm-hmm. There's no gum in the middle, and they coated it in caramel. Yeah, I'm not sure how I. It was good. I liked it. So, Charms blow pops. Yeah, they were huge, and they were they were kind of like like a uh, Catholic school, like a. You know, if you bring, you get those. Where are you going with this? 
No, no, we're not. Oh, okay. Just, you, you weren't allowed gum. Uh, I don't know why. They but you can have a lollipop? No, but people would bring the lollipops, and the teachers or, or the nuns were too stupid to realize they had gum in it. So it was always kind of like a taboo, mm. but cool thing to have in school. But bull pops were always the cool yeah. thing to have in school. I would swallow the gum and then chew the stick. I don't like the stickiness on my teeth, yeah. but I still like to gnaw on something. Yeah, yeah. And I try to wedge it between my teeth and stuff. Are blow pops still popular? Yeah, yeah, they still sell. They, if you, if you, if I see one, I'll go for it. If if one, if it ends up like trick or treat and some kid trips and falls in front of my steps and I go to help him up, I will swipe that that blow pop. Where was I not too long ago when I saw a, a giant fucking blow pop? Like it was, it was massive. I think it was the mall, like in, in Fye. They sell like a is it like just a display thing, or is it a legit? You can like. It was, it like, was no, it was a legit. You can eat it because I saw when we were in Vegas for NAB this year. I saw a giant dum dum lollipop, and I took a picture to send it. Because you could have just stayed at work and seen that. Yeah, right, Uncle Bex. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, so I'm just impressed with these kids because you know we've been doing this for a long time. The fact that they were able to get that all in one take. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's a blow pop commercial take one, and. <laughs> Yeah, they got the whole thing in one take. Cuts uh, and all. It's like that, that episode of 30 Rock when they had to uh, do the, the commercial in one take and have Tracy say the line at the end. He kept mm-hmm. fucking it up. And um, uh, Jack was Reaganing. And the Gipper with the jelly beans. He put a bunch of jelly beans in Tracy's mouth and him said the line and then he voiced it over. Yeah, the, problem, the problem is though, they're gonna ha- they, they might have gotten it in one take, but editing is going to suck because the kid talks over the slate. Uh, mm-hmm. You can hear he's talking right over it. Fucking, a am, fucking amateurs. Horrible AC right there. All right. Well, I think it's time. I mean, staying with candy, we're going to talk my favorite commercial. Hey, Bart. Want to trade lunches? No way, dude. I got each of the four food groups. Sandwich group, cow group, jungle group, butterfinger group. Hey, there's no butterfinger group. Oh, contraire, mon frere. The butterfinger group provides the crunchy peanut butter and chocolatey taste essential for survival. I don't have the butterfinger group. Looks like you could die of malnutrition, dude. Peanut buttery butterfinger. It's neato. <laughs> and it's neato. Ooh, my little buddy sleeping like a baby. He won't mind if I take a bite of his crispity, crunchity peanut butter. <laughs> I told you, Homer. Uh, Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. So the first commercial was the first ever Simpsons Butterfinger commercial. Also, first ever appearance of Millhouse ever. Really? Yes. Because it was before the show. Huh. The commercials predate their show. Yes. Really? That first one? I didn't realize that. Uh, so it was like. It was 1988 before so Simpsons they roasting were, on a. Okay, so they're more, they were Tracy Ullman right, Simpsons. Right. And, so hmm. that, that was the first ever appearance of Millhouse. And then the, the whole never, let, don't lay a finger on my Butterfinger line became more popular, and that, that became the line. But need, they're neato. <laughs> it was almost like they're making fun of it. Ha, they're neato. They're neato. Uh, but yeah, these, these commercials worked, because I don't think I ever knew what a Butterfinger was until I saw these. And then I would never put myself through the horror of eating one if it weren't for Bart. Don't get me wrong. I love them. Oh, my God. Yeah. But like I said, I don't like, like things sticking to my teeth, teeth. Yeah, yeah. and I'm clawing at it, like ripping my face off. you got like three days of Butterfinger <sighs> stuck in your teeth. 
No, Butterfinger became the like it candy bar in the early, late '80s, early '90s, uh, going pretty late into the '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, Butterfinger BBs. And I, Butterf- I think I liked the Butterfinger BBs the most because it was cleaner. Because you know, you would get you get all that flakiness sometimes right. falling out. Like I liked the king size one back. Oh. You know, I like sugar, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because it had Bart on it, and. Um, yeah, Butterfinger was, uh, it, it became huge. It became, I think, a cultural phenomenon because of these Simpsons commercials. Mm-hmm. If there was ever, an, a, and the, the, the partnership between them lasted years because they worked. It really, Nestle chocolate, I mean, no one buys a Crunch Bar. No. <laughs> Very few people. No one buys an Alpine White Bar. If I want rice in my food, I'll go get a Budweiser. <laughs> Uh, you, what about a white chocolate almond bar? No, no, no I don't. I'm not a white chocolate. White. No, because my my white chocolate goes back to like Easter when you get those crosses. <laughs> yeah, right. And it was weird. I'm like, yeah. why am I eating a torture device? Right. <laughs> and by the way, historically, it would have been a pole because the technical cross wasn't invented until like 500 years after the death of Christ. So it just would have been on a stake in the ground. Why would they spend that much money on two pieces of wood and just one? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. So they uh, only had Butterfinger to get back on topic. <laughs> okay. In my opinion, I don't think there was really any Nestle chocolate bar that was better than the Butterfinger. I'm trying to think what else Nestle. I mean, I like a Nestle they crunch had the baby bar Ruth. every now and then. Baby Ruth. Uh, they had the hundred grand, which was oh, okay. it, it became a little more popular. See, I liked it because my grandparents, my grandmother would buy the mix bag like you would for Halloween. Okay, but she would buy it year round and keep it in like the vegetable crisper in the fridge. Oh. so like when we were over at their house, like I would always like sneak over, and I was only allowed like one at a time. But you know, little little tubby squeezer would. Uh, you can. There was the Nestle Chunky, which yeah, I remember yeah. from the Seinfeld the, episode. Chunky kids, chunky. Chunky, chunky kids can be stealthy. When they, want, uh, they want when they want chocolate. Well, they, uh, in my opinion, Butterfinger's still the best out of all of those. And I, I think, think so. uh, a lot of that has to do with, with uh, Bart Simpson because Hershey's had their own Fifth Avenue bar, which was practically the same thing. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had one. Yeah. I never bothered. And, uh, but Butterfinger ran the gamut because it had Bart Simpson. And that's all I have to say about that. So we're moving on to, uh, to your next bit. Calling collect. You've got options. You can dial zero like this guy. Hi, Mommy. I rode on the plane all by myself. Did I mention you'll be charged as much as you possibly can for this call? Or you can dial 1-800-COLLECT. Here's how it works. Dial 1-800-COLLECT. Yeah, I just saved you some cash. You're welcome. Love you. Called Mom Collect, huh? You know, you could have saved up to 44% by dialing 1-800-COLLECT. Can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Now, there were plenty of different spokesmen for 1-800-COLLECT. David Spade. I figure, why not just... Nothing sums up obnoxious 90s commercials like David Spade. I, I believe... What I remember most about these commercials is there was competing ones. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it call a, dial ATT or call ATT? So, dial ATT. So initially, ATT had a, a monopoly on the collect thing. It dialed zero for collect and it was through ATT. Right. And you would use like their service and it was expensive. So then the other, this other communications company, MCI? M- M- yeah, MCI. Was MCI. Yeah. They came up with this. Yeah. And uh, it was a much cheaper automated 
and they didn't even because they were afraid that well people loyal to AT&T because I guess you were loyal to your phone company or whatever wouldn't use the service so they kept their name out of it and they just came up with 1-800-COLLECT and then they dumped a shit ton of marketing into it and it worked. Well, it worked best for me because I'd call my mom to pick us up in the movie theater and say, hey, mom, it's Ryan. Come pick me up yep. and then hang up. And she never accepted the call. Never accepted the call. I don't know how much it would have. Uh, I mean, eventually it would add up doing that. What? I don't, well, how it much did it charge would, anything? Yeah, I know. But no, no. If you did like place a collect. I don't think I ever did because no. I was thinking about this. We'd, I didn't. I would call 100 collect all the time and leave messages to come get us. That's what we would do. Absolutely. And that's all part of the automation, which would made it yes. cheaper. Whereas with AT&T dialing zero, you actually went through an operator. Right. Yeah. And then you had, then AT&T eventually caught on. 1-800-DIAL-ATT. Uh, call ATT. Call, call ATT. 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T. Yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually, initially their first venture in it was 1-800-OPERATOR. And people got confused. They're like, oh, 1-800-OPERATOR. I just called collect so they almost were advertising for mci at the time but uh then they're like oh we should simplify this and make it like a catchy jingle and then you had like 10 10 3 2 1 and stuff but i could have gone that route but i had john lithgow and he's just so so nice and pleasant well, so then, i had to go and then David this Spade. was around the time the rise of the phone card yeah became which i bought a x-men phone card from kb oh, that's awesome Used all the minutes just calling the line. <laughs> we we were down in when I was uh, we were camping down in Key West, um, on an island out there, which I don't know. Hopefully, it's still there. Um, and uh, we took a day trip. They, they packed us on a boat and took us down to Key West for the day and let us, you know, a bunch of sixteen-year-olds just wander around Key West on their own. My one friend he wanted to get a henna tattoo. He's like. I don't know if my parents will let me. I should probably check. So we found a payphone, and he called Home Collect from Key West. They were not happy. <laughs> I guess the bill was a little... They're like, is it permanent? No. We'll talk when you get home. Click. I'm not exactly sure what the bill to call Collect was from down there. It's funny. Now it's cell phones made... Well, it, it killed all of this. Yeah. yeah. But... uh yeah, I never, I never actually used the service. I think the way you're supposed to. The best part about these commercials, though, was like you would, because I don't know who would even use this. Who thought David Spade would be a good spokes? Like he's just obnoxious, and he's just looking into the camera, lecturing you. Well, you know, people and, still call collect from prison. Yeah, uh, I think someone recently had a, a collect bill. It was like a six minute phone call cost him like forty five dollars or something like that now because they have to. They're doing what they can to cover overhead. Jeez. But um, Calvert DeForest was the highlight of all these commercials. The old guy at the end. Yeah. He, he, would, he was uh, Larry Bud Melman from Letterman. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was... At the time, let me see. I got, What did I write down here? Oh, yeah. By 2000, they were dumping $160 million in the marketing. That was in 2000. So they must have and, been making money. And at the time, that's when you had all those other 10, 10, 3, 2, 1, collect... Uh, which was the the guy that's the brother of the girl that was on Friends? What's his name? The guy that's the brother. Of, oh, uh, Alex uh, Arquette. Or no, yeah, Arquette, yeah, David Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah, that guy. What was he <laughs> pitching? He's not the brother. He's the the white the husband. Oh, they're married. Yeah. Huh. He learned something new. They were. They're not married anymore. Oh, wait. So she married her brother? 
No, no. Do you remember she he was Professor Dewey? Yeah. Of, Officer Dewey, not Professor. What is Officer Professor? Dewey. Officer Dewey, Deputy Dewey. Deputy, yeah. Uh, and uh, she was the the news girl on Scream, mm-hmm. and they dated in a movie, and then they got married in real life. Oh. Ross, so they're not... Ross was her brother. No, no, I'm talking like real life. No. Okay, sure. so they weren't brothers. I, I don't know why I thought they were brother and sister. Well, because on the show, R- Ross and Rachel were brother and sister. No, but David Arquette... I don't know. I never really watched huh. Friends ever. But not on Friends, like in real life. No. So they're not well, brother David and sister that got married. A, David Arquette has a lot of sisters in the industry, but none of oh. them are Courtney Cox. Oh, that makes sense now. That's back to Alexis Arquette. Uh, yeah, there you go. Raquel Arquette. There's a lot mm. of Arquettes. Just figure, you know, sometimes, like, you know, do like a whole Game of Thrones thing. Who knows? The 90s, people <laughs> were open to anything. Sure. No, actually, they weren't really open to anything oh. in the 90s. It's Parents Television Council. All right. Well, speaking of open to anything. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, wherever I go, he goes. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, I'll teach him everything that I know. My buddy and me, like to climb up a tree. My buddy and me, where the best friends could be. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy. My buddy from play school. <laughs> Do you have a my buddy? Uh, I didn't know. I did not. I have had a my buddy. Oh, I loved my my buddy. Uh, and I think my sister had the kid sister. I don't, kid sister. I don't remember. Kid sister. Yeah, that took over. Kid sister. These uh, dolls inspired Chucky from Child's Play. Is that where it came from? Yeah. yeah. If you think about it, they look just like. Yeah. They're, they're fucking creepy. They were uh, made by Hasbro in 1985, which um, Hasbro discontinued the line in 1990s, and PlaySchool took it over. That's why it's a PlaySchool at the end of it. Uh, he had the red baseball cap, the brown hair. Um, you know, the little he looked like an all-American, you know, mm-hmm. like boy. And I think they made other uh, races too. Uh, there was an African American one, and I think uh, a blonde kid, like a Nazi boy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so the clothing was sewn directly on. It was hard to get these dolls <laughs> naked. <laughs> Going to get weird. Okay. Um, uh, that's why the kid sister didn't sell so well because the guys, you know, I was like three carrying around this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same size as me practically because I was really short as a kid. And uh, the kid's sister, obviously, had the clothes sewn on, too. But what does a girl want to do more than anything? She wants to play dress up. She wants to dress this thing if up. If so we can we both generalize. Yes, yeah, so we both have younger sisters, so we know. Uh, that's why the, the kid's sister didn't sell so well. That my buddy was more mm-hmm. popular. Plus, like, with my buddy, it's, it's a doll for a boy. And yeah. that's the only one. That's all you, you maybe Teddy Ruxpin. Right. So but, with the girls, you, you're competing against yeah. 5,000 different dolls. They had that like three right. foot tall Barbie. You right. Had yeah. Those creepy ass dolls with their eyes would blink. The one that pees, you know, all kinds of different shit. Uh, my buddy kind of is a cultural phenomenon. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't know my buddy, mm-hmm. who, you know, lest they born in the, the aughts. <laughs> Everyone before that knows kind of my buddy because it, it lasted a long time. And of course, it spawned Chucky. 
from Child's Play. Uh, would you get one? Would you ever get one from like a yard sale? No. Like a soft, velvety. You're asking felt, me. Yes. If I would ever get something from what, a yard what, sale. What if we went to Salville right now and oh, I God. took you? We don't have to go down the underwear aisle. I don't even like going in that place. I know. I you love taking the look you in, in my there. face. So pleasant. Ugh. I've mm. never seen so much horror. It's like it's like the first time. Like when they when they get through the spider and they walk in the Mordor. And that was the same look on your face. Well, it's kind of the same feeling. It's, I just wish I had my precious to go invisible. Get out of there. But we, I I'm sure we could have found you a piece of jewelry there. <laughs> a precious. So, that yeah, my, this, you can't really talk forever about my buddy. I said what needs to be said. It was a doll. Kids, I had one. I played with yeah. a doll. It was my buddy. So what did you do? How did you play with it? I don't know. I, don't, I was so young. I just carried right. it around. You just run around with it. Yeah, it's carried it everywhere. Up. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we eventually got wrestled it as we got older. Mm-hmm. It, just, it joined Hulk Hogan and Macho King as my wrestling buddies. Was he always a jobber then? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hogan was a star. So, uh, yeah, that's my buddy, and now uh, the buddy of a lot of women. In their middle ages. Ours, as you know, is not a perfect world. May I? That's why it's so refreshing when something really perfect comes along. Like Diet Coke. Tastes great straight. Or on the rocks. Yet it's just one calorie. That's why Diet Coke is the perfect soft drink. For an imperfect world. Just for the taste. Of- was this a post GoldenEye? No, this was. That, that's was this post? Very good. What? Very good question, Ryan. There's, <laughs> some, there's some actual. There is some cool history, like the backstory to this commercial. But uh, did this get him GoldenEye? Um, was this, this post? Pretty, now that this fire. wasn't even. No, this is pre. This was '86. This was during Remington Steel. Ah. Um. So this, by far, is probably one of my oldest favorite commercials I don't know that this I remember. One. Um. So he's walks into like this, uh, like a, uh, like a like a bar, like a very James Bondish kind of uh, North African, like Morocco kind of bar or something like that sits down with this woman and a ninja tries to assassinate him with a throwing star and then th- shoots a dart through the coke diet coke can and as he's saying it's great straighter on the rocks and it pours out two perfect pours into the glasses that he's holding and then when she throws the ice cube the ninja but what flies about the out poison the from the dart that now infected the cola you know i think it only works at like body temperature above so the ice neutralized it <laughs> yeah so this was a precursor for Bond for him. Um, oh, very much so. So this was one of my favorite commercials because this was on a tape that I had of a recording of Dennis the Menace, the Dinosaur Hunter, which was a made-for-TV movie. I believe it aired on ABC. And it's probably, I would say it's the most significant made-for-TV film. It's up there. It goes, it, the best made-for-TV movie or miniseries to ever exist on TV. It goes, Dennis the Menace, Dinosaur Hunter, um, Amy Fisher... Uh, story ABC or NBC version, Roots, and then Amy Fisher CBS version. If you want to rank your top four most important uh, miniseries or TV and movies, was this before or after the the Dennis the Menace movie with uh, way before, with uh, way before. 
Um, but uh, we will we can get into that another time because I will go into depth on that. Um, I don't know so, this. I don't really. Know. Oh, it's fantastic! I loved it. I watched the shit out of this. But this commercial was in one of the breaks, and I would see it all the time. It was initially it was a 1987 Super Bowl commercial. So before Super Bowl commercial, this was like one of the oh, real. So this big was 198. Okay, this one's a 93, but it was 87. Yeah, that this yeah, came so out. 87. All right. All right, I was wondering right. why this old commercial was in oh, 87. Yeah. So it's it, I guess it's entitled Special Agent. So here's what happened. Pierce Brosnan's doing Remington Steel. Mm-hmm. And as he's doing that, he was on set for, I believe, was it Living Daylights or License to Kill? Um, anywho, he was uh, on, on set for like what was Roger Moore's last Bond film. And there was talk, and the director even said, if he can act, he's in. Like, they wanted him to play Bond. He was going to be a great young Bond. This was perfect for him. And Remington Steel was winding down. Um, they were about to eat. It was going to end its run. It wasn't getting that many great ratings. It's been on for a while. And then rumor was circulating that he, Pierce Brosnan was going to be the new James Bond, which was enough to boost the ratings of Remington Steel, and they signed it for another year. Mm. And then he was committed to Remington Steel, didn't get the Bond gig, and it went to Timothy Dalton. And Pierce Brosnan was such good friends with Timothy Dalton, he didn't want to talk shit and like, make it a whole big thing, so he let... So Timothy Dalton went on to do his two Bond films. There was then some, you know, there was that, all that fallout after the fact and led to a no, not being a Bond movie until GoldenEye. So which kind of left the door open for that. So that was 87, when did GoldenEye come out? 96? 96. 96. So you're well, almost, almost ten, okay. But it's still, it was a long, I think it was seven years between the Bond films, between... 95, we are both wrong. <laughs> okay, well, we were, in, we were somewhere in the 90s. Uh, um, so almost as a, a parody, because he didn't get this Bond gig, they made these Diet Coke commercials where he would be a, like a secret agent, very James Bondish. Uh, so it's almost like a, a parody, okay. like, all right, you didn't get Bond, but they were cashing a Diet in Coke. on the. Yeah. Oh, um, it was a brilliant move yeah. because everyone saw him even then as Bond. Yeah. And he would go on. I didn't realize he did Mrs. Doubtfire so early on. I feel like that was down the road, but no, Doubtfire came out in 93. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and women loved him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in Simpsons, when he's the, the Howl 2000, yeah. like Marge only addresses him as Remington Steele. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love this commercial. And it, it has everything to do with me seeing it, probably more than any commercial ever, because I don't even remember it was on Dennis the Menace Dinosaur Hunter. Look it up. All right. My next one's kind of weird, but you'll get it once I explain it. <laughs> Silver Eagle Records presents The Monkees Mike, Nikki, Daisy, and Peter saw her face Now I'm a Hits from their Emmy winning TV show and the top of the charts. I'm not your stepping stone. The Monkeys' greatest hits now available for the first time on two LPs or one long play cassette. 
Use your credit card and call toll-free 1-800-342-3000. That's 1-800-342-3000. Or save COD charges and send just $12.95 plus $2 shipping and handling to Monkeys, P.O. Box 7000-30, Amherst, New York. That's P.O. Box 7000-30, Amherst, New York. Don't delay. Call now. Call now. Man, they don't get enough credit. So here's the they thing. They some good songs. They don't. They're kind of a joke. <laughs> but Wait, they don't have good songs or they no, don't no, get no, enough no. credit? They, they don't get enough credit okay. and they have great songs. At one point in 1967, they are outselling both the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. But then they died flat. Mm-hmm. So it's little girls. Then MTV and Nickelodeon bought the rights to the show. Well, MTV, hmm. technically, because they own Nickelodeon. They added MTV. Okay, that was one thing. They put it on Nickelodeon. And that's where this commercial came from. Boom. All of a sudden, they are the biggest band in fucking America again. There's a huge resurgence, 1986. I remember I was obsessed with the Monkees. Really? We watched that show every goddamn day, the Monkees. Always watched the Monkees. My mom even, we'd rent the movie from Blockbuster. I forget what the movie was called. Uh, But um, yeah, and so all all their tapes, records, we even had this like dancing thing that would dance to like monkey songs. Hmm. Uh, yeah, super obsessed with the monkeys. Wow, I wonder. We never got into it at all. I wonder if it, my dad's like, "No, you're not listening to this shit. Here's some Dire Straits. Mark Knopfler knows what the fuck he's doing." Well, you know, they, these, these are a couple of American boys who took Davy Jones and they made it. They they yeah uh, they were adamant like they're producing and arranging these themselves, and the mm-hmm. songs were hits. I I was listening to last night. On uh, Apple Music, I pulled down all their hits, and I love the Monkees still. Like a lot of the songs can, yeah. are great. Fucking catchy, man. Yeah, they, it was good music, and they, you know, say what you want about a boy band. They were all playing their instruments, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, they, they were might have been created in Hollywood for a TV show, but they wound up, you know, making hits, uh, and they lasted longer than the show. After the show died, they stepped, kept putting out albums, and they kept selling, and then of course. My good friend. Yeah. Davy Jones. And, of course, in 1986 with these. So this commercial is pulled directly from a Nickelodeon block. Mm-hmm. So this would air on the day because, you know, they're like, oh, we got to cash in. And these kids are like the monkeys are huge again. So, yeah, 1986 saw a resurgence in the monkeys. Get your parents' credit card, kids. Right. Or you don't even have to. Collect under COD. Yeah. Just call the number. Two albums would come to your house or one long play cassette. It's funny that that full circle. Yeah. You know what brands are popular again, by the way? Let's talk about something right now. Tommy Hilfiger, Champion, and Nautica. It's like we're living in 1990 fucking six all over again. Really? Yeah. Wow, I don't get, see, I don't get out to buy clothes. I go to Target and I get the cheapest thing I can find sitting in the bottom of the rack. <laughs> Yeah, so actually, like, I should probably buy a new shirt. Urban Outfitters is selling like not Nautica, their own like line of Nautica clothes again. Remember <laughs> when Nautica was huge and oh, Tommy yeah. Hilfiger, uh, Hilfiger, and Champion had the license was, for NBA jerseys, and it, it was all about having that little fucking emblem on everything. Yeah, you needed that polo shirt with the yeah. So it's yeah, it's gone full circle. It's popular again. Huh. The '90s are popular. So again. I can all right. Let me go up to the attic. Yeah, sure, right. there's a bag of shit that. Oh, yeah, I had Nautica and Tommy. And I, I wore it. It won't it'll be too big on me because I, I wore clothes that were too big for me back then. Oh, back. sure. It was standard operating procedure. Right. I'm sure it fits me fine just now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the monkeys. And uh, do yourself a favor. 
listen to some monkeys. You'll get back into it. It was fun. And the show, I was watching a bit of the show. It's still, it's funny. It's, it's charming. It was uh, Fish Out of Water, Davy Jones, the British kid in America, and the three other American boys kind of showing him the ropes. So that was my pick, and you're going with the McDonald's this week, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Ronald McDonald, we want you to film this movie! <laughs> oh, boy! Good thing I have this magic movie kit. Fire it on the bad camera! It's rolling! Action! Cut! We need to read the script first! <laughs> Bernice ate it! Oh, oh no. no! But what's our movie about? Let's take an x-ray. There's a clue! The letter K. Anyone know a word with the letter K? Yes, as in kiss this movie goodbye. To be continued. As you recall, Bernice just ate Ronald's movie script. What will you do next? Brush teeth and floss. Ronald searches for clues, telling him what to fill. I see a D. Anyone know a word with the letter D? Delicious. Desperate. Doomed. To be continued. Disaster. I don't remember this at all. Really? The making movie? It was actually, this was only two of the three parts, because the third part is basically just a musical with the kids singing. What was the, was there a toy that went with this? Yeah, it was a Happy Meal. Um, It was a Happy Meal uh, set that came out in uh, 93, I think, 93, 94, and it came with uh, four toys, and you can either get the director's megaphone, uh, uh, a movie camera, the clapboard, oh yeah, and uh, a sound effect machine. I think I had these. I uh, yeah. the toys. Were did you see any of them? Were there any of them in the the box? No. Mm. Um, I picked this more than anything for Bernice because I was a big Bernice fan. So Bernice was part. I don't know what Bernice was. I think it's whatever they made the. Um, actual burgers out of so he was just this elephant anteater monstrous uh half if alf and my oh, pet yeah. monster Looking had a baby um you would have bernice and what's that disease where uh you just eat where you eat uh inanimate objects i don't know pika it's, it's called pika it's probably something that's has its own but, show on a and e but uh, <laughs> So, yeah, Bernice would just eat absolutely anything in sight, and I'm pretty well, sure... Oh, look at Grimace standing on boxes that say apples on them. Oh, really? Apple I mean, boxes. Uh, um, so, yeah, it was all about making a movie, and it was a three-part, and they were trying to reveal what it would be, and it was, you are the movie, and it was to get kids to buy the Happy Meal so they can make their own movies using the Happy Meal toys. Ah, well, you but, know, that clapperboard would work, technically. Yeah, technically. Um, and then, uh, yeah, but Bernice, I was a big fan of Bernice because he would just eat. I think it had everything to do with Bernice just eating McDonald's and realizing everything tastes the same. <laughs> so it just, uh, he didn't differentiate between. Uh, I don't like this, but I need to eat more. <laughs> he didn't differentiate between uh, a, a quarter pounder and the box that it came in. Right. Well, I mean, how could you? And can then there was also. Can anyone differentiate? Yeah. If and you, then, you just ate the quarter pounder with the the with the box around it still, it would just be a textural difference. Yeah. T- Taste-wise, I don't think you'd notice. Maybe more nutritional. Maybe. Yeah. Fiber. I can, I can actually go for one now. I don't know why. <laughs> Watching these commercials did it. Did it? God damn, yeah. I want to. You want to go to McDonald's? Yeah. Uh, and then you had the Vulture, too, which would kind of like narrate it. I don't know. They would just they would throw in random characters from time to time in McDonald's land, and uh, they would, the Vulture was 
they're like, what will happen next time? I hope Grimace was in Iatia. We're going to have a problem here. Because, <laughs> uh, you know. Well, they were ahead of their time because everything was automated. Because the camera's like, oh, I'm coming. And the camera starts moving across the yeah, floor. Yeah, I see the lights too. Are, like, oh, that's are, one job. That's another job. Anthropomorphized. Close enough. <laughs> it started with an A. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Oh, we make fun. So, speaking of uh, weird shit. Darkwing Duck and Friends are coming to the Spectrum live and in person at Walt Disney's World on Ice, all new double feature. And you may get a chance to get in on the fun. Keep watching for your chance to win four tickets to PHL 17 night on December 30th. Plus, 17 of the lucky winners will attend a special skating party with Darkwing Duck and his friends on the ice before the show. It's an adventure of a lifetime with Walt Disney's World on Ice and PHL 17. So every uh, going local, right? Everyone's everyone's local town had something locally produced like this because that's how you do it. There were so many of these mixed in. I was get, I was more excited when I seen local spots. Yeah. Like I was watching a thirty minute just clip of commercial breaks from Detroit. I was like, this is awesome. So I I mean I remember going to uh, the Spectrum for Ice Capades. You know, Walt Disney mm-hmm. World on Ice. This was. This one was probably when I didn't really give a shit anymore, but they'd take Lisa, my little sister. So this was like December of 91 to January of 92 the show was running. Mm-hmm. And it was at the height of Darkwing Duck's popularity. So he was kind of the star of the show. They had all the other characters, but the main show was Darkwing Duck. Well, at least 91 in the spectrum? At least someone could skate. <laughs> Zing. So they, uh, yeah, the, the Broad Street Bullies... Uh, were pretty much uh, the rogues gallery from the Darkwing Duck show. That's it. Uh, kind of that joke kind of died on the ice, but <laughs> oh, keep keeping it going. Keep trying to. So, do you you remember these these oh, yeah. uh, ice capades? Do you ever go to ice capades or World on Ice? Whatever it is. Yeah, I think we went to an ice capades. I'm I'm sure we had. Um. You always get the something lights up on mm-hmm. cotton candy or in a snow cone. Yeah, the, um, the program. I always, I always would go something lightsabery or just the, just the ring, the necklace, the yeah, something glow that stick, lights necklace. Up. Cotton candy, the, snow the, cones. the little fibery wand yeah, thing yeah, that would like, yeah. uh-huh. like the cat of nine tails yep. that would. Yeah, it was just wet. Slash yourself in the back oh, like that yeah. guy from uh, that movie <laughs> about the Louvre. <laughs> So this still goes on today, and it's still a selling draw, and they still do local commercials. I remember when you and I were particularly interviewing professional hockey players in their locker room, but the building was taken over. Oh, were you with me? Oh, oh fuck yeah. Oh, all, the, all the chicks backstage who play the characters and, but are just like just jacked bodies. No, I wasn't. I was because I was going out through a different door in the loading dock because remember we were getting our asses chewed out because we couldn't lay eyes on the ice. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, there's been so many times where different acts have been in various venues. Where uh, they all start blending together. Yeah. But I just remember walking with my head down. Right. Well, normally do, but I just remember there's being tons of backstage. But they're all so tiny, the guys and the girls. Like, mm-hmm. must be a thing. Bunch of yeah. Brian Batanos walking around. <laughs> what would Brian Boitano do? Uh, so, yeah, the local Escapades act was where, like, this, to drum up, you know, sales locally i mean you couldn't run a national spot because there was a tour mm-hmm. 
So you get the local station to give away some tickets and have PHL night. And we'd cry to mommy and daddy, take us to Philly. I mean, the last thing, now that we're adults, the last thing anyone wants to do is drive into Philadelphia. Fuck that. But I get it now. Yeah, yeah, but like, I'm like, we why kids, didn't we, we go into Philly nearly as so much bad. when we were kids? And now I realize, I'm like, I don't want to yeah, fucking drive in there. We'd still do it anyway. Yeah. Drove all the way down there so I can take some pictures of my kid with a pumpkin. <laughs> well, you're closer, and you have different <laughs> routes in. Still got to get down that way. So these local commercials, to me, were always were always golden. When I find one, like when I dug this up finally, I was looking for a PHL ice capade spot because mm-hmm. I remember them. Because we had PHL 17, and we didn't get 57, the other independent station, until much later. We could get it on the UHF antenna, but you, we did, they didn't add it to the cable system until later. Philly 17, Philly 57. Yeah, everyone had that, like, one. You had your big networks, and then you had, like, a local. Right. Then they got, then they, they latched on to the UPN and, and the WB, and then it's, now it's my nine. I, it's the same with PIX 11 mm-hmm. in New York and nine. That was, that's WWR the best part about where, where we live and having a, a cable system that's right in between two of the largest markets. You would get everything. Yeah, New York. and so. Well, now it's good because you sometimes get two football games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you get to watch those, uh, those PIX 11 movies. Yeah, uh, the Fright. Uh, Fright Fest stuck. Fright, mm-hmm. Fright Fest. I'm thinking just your weekend afternoon, like your Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon movies. And yeah. the, the Howard's the old Howard Stern Channel Nine show mm-hmm. was on channel. My dad used to record it, and I used to watch it. <laughs> but he didn't know it. <laughs> so yeah, that was. We have that one distinction of getting all the, all the New York, all the best of New York, and all the best of Philadelphia in our teensy little area. And uh, we got one last pick from Squeezer. Is this it already? advertising to kids that is the most annoying commercial is, i think i've ever heard it's painful i i don't i don't get what they were why they needed it to be a minute long why we needed to be introduced into everyone hmm. uh it was uh, this is animated right but yeah, they're animated in the store like like roger abbott style the store uh, wasn't animated right i'm <clears throat> trying to no it was a animated store or animated store as well was it i think the front of the store wasn't hmm. um Oh yeah, I'm looking at. There, it now. there was no. I don't. I don't know why they had to go with like an hour and a half long commercial introducing these kids with the uh, anthropomorphized tape. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So you had yeah you had your cast of characters. So there was Ryder who looked like a young animated uh, David Schwimmer. This was his first gig. Mm. Um. And then yeah you had Summer, um your stereotypical blonde girl, uh Slomo your. Shlomo? Shlomo, your 
little skateboarding kid. And then you had Rewind, who was basically like your little animated Jimi Hendrix. Oh, so they all kind of, their names all kind of yeah. related to tapes in some way. Um, but yeah, this was in 1990 when you started coming out. And it was like the blockbuster was starting to swallow up everything. And they were just, yeah, I, I, mean, I guess you go for the kids. These little assholes the get their own Christmas special? Uh, yeah, they were, they, <laughs> I don't know what they were trying to do, like make their own brand. Mm-hmm. Um, they, have, they, have, they realized, I think, that a draw to get parents in is if their kids want to come in. Yeah. Because then they get, they get a twofer. Mm-hmm. And if they have more kids, they might get three or four rentals out of them. Because, like, I remember we'd get, we'd always, Chris and I would get a tape. Mm-hmm. Lisa would get a bad girl, you know, focused tape. And then my parents would rent a tape. Mm-hmm. So that's sometimes three rentals. Three right there. Yeah. We'd get, like, Chris and I would po- pick, like, a Coliseum home video tape. <laughs> oh, <geez>. What was <laughs> that? <laughs> I was so excited when you said Coliseum um, home video. My sister would get, like, the, ah, uh, what the fuck was that? The, the, my puff- little. Puffalumps, mm-hmm. uh, sh- sh- the hug a bunch, the, which was like a like a live action freaky yeah. shit, fucking tape. My Little Pony, the Care Bears. <laughs> All movie. it was was Saturday morning cartoons, but they would just package it into a two hour, right. or four episodes. Right. The family home entertainment. We talked yeah. about that last. Well, week. like like Dink Dink did that. They actually made they even not even like this is a collection. They just took episodes, put them on a tape, and called it a movie. Right. Yeah. So my sister would be the queen of renting these or the princess should i say of renting these and un- up until they started pushing the nintendo rentals mm-hmm. then we'd have we'd get like we you know we'd go rent micro machines for nintendo but then we'd have to rent barbie also mm-hmm. for nintendo and then lisa wouldn't want to play barbie she'd play it for like a second then she'd make chris and i play it while she'd watch this play because <laughs> we knew how to play it was horrible it's horrible that was uh that's how that worked. But yeah, that's, I think that was the draw making this. Like get, get your kids to say, I want to go to Blockbuster. Instead of like parents just going in and getting a, you know, getting a tape of fucking Philadelphia or, or you know, uh, whatever the latest hit movie was, you could get in. And, and they had so much garbage kid stuff. Oh, yeah. So. And I'm, I'm sure it cost them nothing to keep that, you know. And it's, it's not like they had to like, like with new releases where you'd have like 12 copies of it in stock. You can have one of each of a one shitty of kid me and it didn't matter if they yeah, were right. out of that because you just move on to the next thing right yeah they just have one and, and you're like oh it's not there this week it'll be there next week when mm-hmm. you come in because it going to blockbuster was a weekly thing yeah, and you like were a kid so you, you had the the memory of a goldfish right so you could probably like two weeks three weeks go by and you're renting the same tape again <laughs> that was lisa a lot of times mm, she cycled okay. through like four or five tapes and always over and over yeah like i said i got my ass chewed up by my grandfather when i rented a copy of Robin Hood, the Disney movie, because I already had it at home, but I wanted to watch it at their house. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are such idiots. Did you have um speaking of? Did you have a, a separate re- rewinding machine? Mm-hmm. For, yeah, we mm-hmm. had one of those. Yeah, it's, you got to be kind. Right, rewind. Kind. So this this thing was just a like a pop, it popped up, and you put the tape in, and it didn't play anything. It just it, all it did was really quickly rewound it because. I guess what what was there? Did they try to sell you on that it was bad for your VHS to rewind, or it was, no, it was just, just necessary? Quicker, it was, it was quicker. quicker. It was super fast. Well, how much fucking time right. does this it take out of your life? A, to, it seemed like everyone had one yeah. too—an auxiliary 
rewind and machine. then I, I would use it as when i would build like my spaceship fort or whatever it would be like a foot pedal or something <laughs> or, or like the, the 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 detonator on whatever it is or something because yeah, i had like always, the hydraulic lift on yeah, it yeah. it's so almost like a ghostbuster sh- trap yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sure action. I know for it had a fact a cord and action figures made it into that. <laughs> uh, right now, uh, fucking crazy legs is stuck in there somewhere. <laughs> so he was a, a GI Joe, Ryan. Oh, I wasn't really in the genres. Your brother would know what I'm talking about. He would about. probably know what I'm, you're talking about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's what I think this, the whole draw of making this cartoon was, because mm-hmm. you'd be like, I, I, I don't know if they even needed it, but you know, they had to justify spending money, because that's how these companies work. I just, I, there is something about it going into a blockbuster, as ridiculous as it sounds. I think it's just the smells and the tangibleness of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you, you're also committed. Right or now, it's like the reason I don't watch anything anymore is because like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Right, because it's there whenever you. It's, what's, there it's whenever at your leisure. But now it's like, shit! I have two nights to watch this, and if I don't, it's gonna. Well, cost it's also me all you have to watch. You went and you got this, and this is what you're watching. True. Like that's what you pick. Now there's so much. Yeah. The 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 act of making a decision is in that it's a, its own thing. So can Redbox at least have like a little perfume thing that they can like spray on each di- if you go to a red box at least mist it with something so it smells like a blockbuster if they could bottle that yeah, yeah that was that there, was something there's the, something about toxic plastics in the air that just going in renting at one point they were renting vcrs mm-hmm. and like full video games game systems. consoles yeah, yeah. Game consoles yeah. it got crazy i remember when they went under too and i would get the uh they would just sell off the DVDs. Well, the DVDs, or they were just selling off cases. Yeah, yeah. And I bought up probably thirty blockbuster cases, and they came with like you'd have them with the actual like white sleeve with the movie on it too. Yeah. So I would go through and just pick some of those just for fun. But then I started uh, printing up my own. Like that's how I did all my Simpson montage tapes. I'd up to like seven or eight volumes, and then I would use those. So for these my are Simpson. the clamshell VHS, yeah, the not clam- the jewel. DVD yeah, cases. the clamshell VHS, yeah, those are, VHS those tapes. Are a yeah. prized possession. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this was a pretty good pick, Squeeze. Thanks. We're on my last one, and it's uh, it's weird. Yo, video game dudes, talk to me. This is Game Genie from Kaloo, the awesome video game enhancer for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Attach it to most of your video games. Double Dragon 3 or Super Mario Bros. 3. You can go to any level. Live forever. Jump higher. Make your own effects. And get radical firepower. Go to any level. Jump higher. Stay bigger. Live forever. Game Genie, the radical video game enhancer. So when Game Genie came out, I was too young to realize that they were just like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You are like like uh, you're like talking down to to almost placating, but the game genie itself or the no commercial? the commercial the commercial oh so it's making you're like oh every gamer is a fucking idiot fucking these guys idiot were Bill and surfer. Ted ripoffs gotcha and um it was like you're too stupid to beat the game. But the game genie is going to help you out, dum dum. Mm-hmm. Here it is. 
so I, we had the game changes because it made you know the game more fun and we were sure. young and it was easier to <clears throat> uh, play the game when you had the game genie at our age. But they were selling this to in the commercial to teenagers who were just fucking burnout retards. Mm-hmm. This was like Fast Times at Ridgemont High joke. This yeah. was Bill and heavy on the Bill and Ted ripoff. Um, but yeah, Game Genie was huge. Who didn't have a fucking game? I don't know anyone who had a Nintendo who didn't have a Game Genie. Mm-hmm. Half the games you needed, right? In fact, you'd go over to someone's house and you'd be like, "Where's your game genie?" You know, mm-hmm. do you have? And they'd have it. You have the blue book, the blue, big blue book with all your codes, the gold. Uh, then they made a, a later one that was, was, I think, gray or black. Mm-hmm. The original was was a gold, gold like, with that plastic tab that would, would go right out over the cartridge, so you could pull it back so you out. Pull it back out, yeah. I almost saw it as because you know, yeah, it's a cheat device, but as they got used more and and this was more common with game sharks than like I was talking about editing and stuff it, it allowed you to almost explore the game more too you know like yeah it's all about beating the game but like think of something like Super Mario Brothers 3 right you can so beat Super Mario s- Brothers 3 but yeah. you can play Super Mario Brothers 3 as the the uh Hammer Brothers suit the entire time. Yeah, or like you, you throw in some power wings, and now you're not just playing the game to beat it. You're just exploring because it's a beautiful yeah. game. Yeah. So now it's like you could. That's how you would you like. Know, find I want to be this with. I mean, we're obsessed with the Hammer Brothers suit. Yeah. Um, I like the Tanuki suit. Well, there was no always be in the Tanuki suit code. Ah. Uh-huh. There was. Like, you could start as Tanuki, but if you died, you mm-hmm. lost it. There was no start and stay as Tanuki. Huh. But there was starting stays Hammer Brother. Hammer Brothers were awesome. Yeah, but you couldn't really fly in the Hammer Brother suit. You'd have to get one of those. You'd have to like get jumping up into the screen, mm-hmm. so it kind of like went with you. It took you with you because if it didn't, like you'd be up there and you couldn't see what you were doing. So you have to have that Mega Jump code also with it. Mm-hmm. The Mega Jump code helped you, helped you fly when you were in the Hammer Brother suit. Yeah, I remember because the initial one you could. What enter three codes? I think three codes. Yeah, had a hand, and uh, mm-hmm. the hand would go to the letter and it's circling. Bleep, 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 bleep. Uh, you get one letter wrong. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like you know. And you didn't know it either. You'd start the game and the code wouldn't be working, so you yeah. have to restart, uh. re-put in all three codes, and you can only do three codes at a time. And some of the some of the things were all three, two or three codes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you could either only yeah. get one out of it. Now, was that necessary for the programming, or was it to almost keep you from cheating too much? It was necessary for the programming. Okay. Yeah. The gooey it's and interesting whatnot. the way that. Like I said, I, I found I was going through late last night, and I dug up my uh, I had my Game Shark. I was actually gonna throw in the uh, the sixty four and mess around a little bit, and then I just got I, I got lost watching. Like I said, I was. Macho Man promos? Yeah, well, what happened was like, oh, Slim Jim commercials. So I watched one Macho Man Slim Jim commercial, and then those bastards at YouTube, all down the, up and down the right side, it's just Macho Man cutting promos, and then that was 45 minutes of my time right there. Just <laughs> he was gifted. Watching him do it. It was like, it was art. It was like watching art. If only that guy would still be alive and he can run for president today. <laughs> well, it's still Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I know. I just feel like, well, no, that's true. You can... You can say some racist shit and get in the White House, so. You can. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, so I got the, I was going to maybe, um, gone this weekend, but I think starting Sunday I might throw in that Game Genie 64. I also found Metroid Prime for my GameCube. Oh, I have mine, too. I was debating yeah, about throwing that nice. in there. 
powered up. We've been I playing might, Wind Waker. I might even throw it, uh, throw it in my bag and take it with me and play it in a hotel. Nice. Yeah. Or Super Monkey Ball. A lot of good options. Yeah. So, a reminder, we're, uh, at the time of this recording, we're 75 away from 5,000 followers Ooh. on Instagram. So, keep following. Every 25, I'm adding a new uh, cherry on top of the giveaway. To enter the giveaway, all you got to do is subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on either iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Google Play Music. There's a lot of platforms. And then just go on our Instagram or our website, radius.com, on the, on the giveaway page and comment, hey, I did this so I could look it up and, and mm-hmm. you know verify it. And you're entered to win. And I'm adding something today. I got a lot of cool shit I'm adding. Uh, stuff that we, uh, that that but it's kind of hard to get, so it's gonna be a good giveaway. It's gonna it's gonna be tough to part with some of this cool stuff, but yeah. So please just enter the giveaway. If you like our podcast anyway, just rate and review us, and you're already entered. Mm-hmm. So you're doing us a favor, and you're entering to a really cool contest. What else is coming up fast? We are only a month away. We're a month away from RetroCon. Jesus Christ! Yeah, so we're doing our first live show at RetroCon in Oaks, PA, at the Greater Philadelphia Convention Hall on Saturday. October 14th, 10.30 to 11.30. And uh, we will be joined by the Cybertronic Spree, who's a Transformers cosplay band that's, that's really a, fucking awesome. Bad. They're awesome. Yeah. It's going to be fun. They're debuting their new music video on our show. I mean, you can't really see a video but on the show, but if you're there live, you'll be able to see it. Which you should be. You should be it's there live. Fun. You and, can get uh, your pre tickets. It's, it's so much. It's such a good time. It's, it's so real, yeah, laid it's a, back, casual, just some cool stuff. To yeah, yeah, see. yeah, it's a lot of fun. So just come and uh, and give us a give us a visit and, and meet Squeezer because he's worth I'm, it. I'm pleasant. You're you're adorable. And that's all. Uh, oh, we'll be here back next week. And uh, oh, keep going on Radius.com because we're posting our cartoons every day. There's a new cartoon every day. So uh, keep. I'm, go- gonna, I'm following your links. Go yeah. watch. I will go watch Link today. Via your link. So that's all. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. We'll talk to you next week.